every single week, I seem to be saying, well, this was the best performance of the season for the Clippers. This was the best performance of the season for the Clippers. Well, let me tell you something. I'm updating that. Tuesday night, the Clippers absolutely took the soul away from the Sacramento Kings from quarter one and never looked back. But it came at a price with a little injury for Paul George, who didn't play the second half. Going to be talking about what I think was the best performance of the season, PG and more on today's Locked On Five in a Row Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, born and raised in L.A. And in my 19th season as a Clipper fan, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content. Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. But I want you to let me know where you think the Clippers rank in the Western Conference right now. Like, or actually not in the West, in the league. What place team are we when you're talking best teams in the league? Are we fifth, sixth in your opinion? Try not to be too biased with it. I want to hear your thoughts. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best place to find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, whatever you, whatever it may be. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Oh, man, Clipper Nation. We're nice. We, I, I'm going to say it right now. We look like a championship contender. Now, I always, I always believed we could be a championship contender. But there was one very key cog to this. And it's had, you know, it's, and it's not James Harden's trade, even though obviously right now that's looking good since we moved, mainly since we made the starting lineup change. That was the one thing, you know, I was obviously so apprehensive because I was hearing that Westbrook wasn't going to come off the bench. And, you know, so many beat writers and such said the same thing, but, you put one of them, whether it be Harden or Westbrook, off the bench, you knew that the fit was going to be a lot better. And 10-3 and three since we made the move, now 13-10 and 10 on the season, 10-8 and eight with James Harden. So as, as it goes on, you're slowly going to see the record with Harden be over 500. But the key cog, the key thing that we needed was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be healthy. And so far, they've played every game, although that may come to an end on Thursday because Paul George sustained an injury that we didn't even see. It went down as a groin strain. Someone said sore groin. I don't know if it was groin strain, but it was a groin injury. If it was just sore, that's a good thing. And Ty Lue said after the game that it was just precautionary. He could have come back in the game if we needed him, but we figured we're up. We're playing well. We can roll out there with the guys, Kawhi, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, Terrence Zoo. They'll take care of business and get us across the finish line, no problem. And that's exactly what happened. But in my opinion, this was the best win of the season. And the reason why I say the Clippers are looking like championship contenders, well, we have a full-blown super team. Again, if you want, even me, who didn't want James Harden on the team, if you don't think that James Harden is still a star caliber player in this league, I don't know what you're watching. Because he still can get wherever he wants on that court, in the half court. And mind you, he's usually getting the third best defender on the other team guarding him because Paul George and Kawhi are getting the first and second guys. 
But even last year with Philly, he still can get to where he wants on the court for the most part. One-on-one against elite defense, yeah, he doesn't have the same pop he used to. But I will say this, compared to earlier in the season, James Harden, I think, is moving pretty well. But as far as the whole team performance, I just think right now the Clippers are exuding a lot of seriousness. You know, from the beginning of the season to now. Like, yeah, we had that game against the Denver Nuggets. Um which with the Reggie Jackson DJ that we lost, which was pretty unserious, but no other game besides that. Have I thought we were really unserious? You know, those first five games you lost with Harden. I don't think the lack of effort was a problem as much as the fact that the fit was just horrendous playing all four of them together. And it's just, when you make a move of that magnitude, it's going to take some time to gel. But until besides this game that I'm going to talk about, Westbrook and Harden on the court together has been terrible. So separating them has led to much better results for the Clippers. And what it also does is allow Terrence Mann to start. And, you know, despite the fact that his three ball is still taking time to return back to the normal percentage that we're used to, you know, in that high 30s, he makes a difference. He always does. Like any net rating statistic or plus minus with Terrence Mann on the court, it's just better since he's been, been a Clipper. It's just better. And he's much better as a starter. It guarantees him more minutes. And look, Kawhi and Paul have had to shoulder a larger uh, defensive burden since trading Nico and Rocco away. But Terrence Mann at least alleviates some of that pressure to start the game and start each half by guarding the best player on the other team. And let me tell you, De'Aaron Fox, he was really kept in check. As was every, as were every Kings player, as was every Kings player. Keegan Murray was a no-show, and he was a literal no-show in the last game we played against them. He didn't play. This game, he might as well not have even suited up. He had 17 points and seven rebounds, which sounds really good. His defense was actually pretty good on James Harden a couple times one-on-one. But 0 for 5 from 3, 6 for 14 from the field. The Kings, you know, they shoot a lot of threes, the most in the league. They shot 27% from three and 42% from the field. And you just kind of knew they were going to miss shots because the Clippers took it to them defensively. And the most impressive part about all this is it was a back-to-back. And we're playing against a young team. And I know Sacramento had a back-to-back, but they're a younger team. And Jim Jackson, I love him. And I thought he did a great job on, on color commentary on Tuesday night. But he was saying the Kings had to travel. That's a 45 minute flight. They probably slept in their own beds on Monday night and just flew in Tuesday morning. No excuses for the Kings. They got absolutely clapped twice by us, by the way, twice. Their defense is just, it's not, it's, I don't know if it's good enough to win a series right now. Like Sabonis is just food in the pick and roll. He was the only one credit to him that actually kind of showed up to play, but he is food in the pick and roll. Keegan Murray's a good defender. He's become a good defender. I think Fox is pretty good. But there's little, there's some holes defensively on this team. Kevin Herter, in both games that we played the Kings this year, he has been god-awful. One for eight from the field. They have no answer for Kawhi, by the way. None. But the reason why I'm saying we are nice and saying we're a championship contender is because we're building habits, and that starts with playing our best players every game that they're healthy, which, contrary to what, some Clipper fans believe, and I can, I'm can. i not going to out my sources on here, but 
There were games last season, anybody knows this, that Kawhi and Paul could have played in and they did not. That's not saying that it's all their choice, but the medical staff was taking the side of precaution. And you can say they did that last night, but there's a reason why. Look at the minutes he's playing and look how many games he's played. And look at the lead we have. The Clippers have totally come out with a different approach this season. I'm not going to just BS you guys because I'm your host. I'm not, and I've got a lot of criticism from this last year. People saying I'm too negative in this and that. I say what I see with my own two eyes. Last season, unserious. This season, before the trade, after the trade, whatever you want to call it, serious. And it starts with your players not only being healthy, but trying to play every single game. The organization wanting your players to play every single game. And look, the wood, I don't know. The luck is still running through this wooden door that I've been knocking on. But you just knew they weren't. PG and Kawhi are not going to play 82 games. I just hope that this groin thing, because groin injuries, I, like, I've had a groin injury myself for like four months, just lingering. And every time I play basketball at full speed, it gets a little bit worse, even though it's slowly healing over time. So groin can be really tricky. I hope it's not a big deal for P because we just need him. We need him. We can't have <laughs> – I don't know why I'm laughing. I was, I was literally about to cough. So if you're not watching the show, I was literally just about to cough. That was not me laughing at PG getting hurt. Please don't say that or suggest that. But we need Paul George. Simple as. I hope it's not very serious because even though we got James Harden mainly for injury insurance, that's what I heard from somebody who – talked to Jerry West before he made the move in person said that they're making the move mainly because Kawhi and Paul George's health doesn't convince them even though you can argue you know a lot of people that wanted Harden just didn't think Westbrook could be a third option on a chip team or whatever I was willing to give him that chance to show it and obviously the front office didn't necessarily agree but I think the main reason for Harden from what I heard was injury insurance just in case something like this happens so we'll see if Paul George plays on Thursday but the Clippers just looked fantastic. And coming up, going to be talking more about the game, Kawhi Leonard, and the entire roster and the way they played. Going to be talking about it all coming up. I got to tell you a little something about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Now, this is kind of cheating, but if I'm you, I'm picking Dante Exum. If you had picked him going into this week after the way he played against the Lakers on Tuesday night, oh, man, it would have been huge for you because he's he played so well against them. And if Kyrie Irving's out, expect him to get more minutes. So I'm going to go with Dante. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. If you have a personal experience about buying a part for your car from eBay, mention it here. What's your dream ride? With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right. Clippers winning this one by a score of 119 to 99. They won the first quarter 32-24. Offense was absolutely lights out. James Harden in the pick. I think James Harden in the first quarter was simply spectacular. And he did it on both ends of the floor. He was very active in the passing lanes. He had one really nice closeout early in the game. So a high defensive effort. He even sprinted back on a fast break. Sprinted. I was I've never seen Luka Doncic do that. And that's not to just take a random shot at Luka. It's because people compare Luka and Harden to each other because of their dribbling and their pick and roll nature and sometimes their laziness on D and their lack of off ball movement. But I will say this. I still stand by this statement. I've never seen Luka Doncic run before. I've only seen him jog. James Harden, I've actually been able to say I've seen him sprint before. And I saw it on Tuesday night. I thought he was fantastic getting downhill in the pick and roll. You saw one time he split the high pick and roll. And Sabonis, as I said, Harden was turning the corner and going downhill with eyes on the prize, meaning eyes to score. And that is when he's been at his best. And you know what's funny? It started against Sacramento in Sacramento when Harden kind of flipped the switch of like, okay, I got to look to score on these pick and rolls and look to shoot when I have a chance because it's hurting the team when I don't. And he, ever since then, he's been pretty spectacular for the Clippers. And then Mr. Leonard, I mean, this is what makes me the most confident. He's absolutely killing right now, destroying. And yes, as of, I'm calling it, December 13th of this season, Kawhi Leonard has officially been our best player, surpassing the early start of Paul George, which I always said was going to happen. Anybody could have predicted it. He is our best player. He's rounding into shape. I will admit, I got a little worried at one point because of the amount of games he was playing and the defensive load that he was shouldering. But what's incredible to me is he is getting better on both ends of the floor as the season is progressing. And that is very scary for other teams. It's funny because everybody before the season was saying, like nobody was considering the Clippers anything serious. And even after the Harden trade, those same people were not considering the Clippers anything serious because they're almost like convinced Paul George and Kawhi are going to be hurt. But what they forget is when you play them on a given night and they are healthy, especially Kawhi, you're in for a battle because he's still that good. He looks no worse than last season. Now, in the beginning a little bit, but now he's got that pep in his step back. He's hitting contested jumpers. He's getting into that mid-range, turnaround city, playing defense. There was one steal he had without fouling that led to a dunk in the second half. And I was just like, okay. I mean, this is exactly why I thought for a sec that July 5th, 2019 was the second best day of my life. That ended up changing to be the curse breaker game. And that July 5th ended up moving down a lot of spots because – The Kawhi Leonard and Paul George era, besides that conference finals appearance, which was amazing, it hasn't been a success so far because of injuries mainly. I thought we were basically guaranteed a ring when we got Kawhi, you know, coming from Toronto. And this is, you know, the fifth year. Obviously, we didn't have him in one of the seasons. 
but it's taken five years and I wasn't in attendance by the way. And I want to apologize for releasing this episode a little bit later than I typically do. Uh, I was literally like, like health wise, was not feeling that great uh, last night and I just didn't have it in me to record. And I went to sleep at 4 a.m. posting the Monday show or the Tuesday show. So I was just sleep deprived. And I was just like, you know what? Let me just do a better quality episode and release it just a little bit later in the afternoon on, on Wednesday. Cause you'll still have Thursday to listen to it before the game as well. So, but th- five years in now, I'm starting to get used to seeing Kawhi at games. Like I used to get used to seeing Blake and CP at games. And that's because it's never felt like a consistent run of games with Kawhi in the lineup. Well, I've been in LA because obviously I was born and raised here, but I went to college for three years and my senior year was Kawhi's first year with us. So I didn't get to actually go to games that season like that, except for two of them during winter break. And then no fans in 2021 till the playoffs. And then 2022 Kawhi missed the whole season. And then last year, as I was starting to get used to it, he got injured again and was just in and out of the lineup so much. So now I'm really starting to feel it where I go to games and I expect Kawhi to play. And it feels like he's a clipper. He's been here now a couple seasons. And it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling to have who I believe is the best player that's ever donned the Clipper uniform. That does not mean he's the greatest Clipper ever. If you want to see my episode on that, go check it out. It's on this channel with Shap from the Law of the Jam, the pod. We went, to, and we went through an in-depth discussion about that. Kawhi is not the greatest Clipper of all time yet by any stretch. There's, I don't even think it's an argument. But we want him to be. And I think if we win the championship, he has to. Well, if we make the finals, he's got it locked. But we need him to be, you know, we brought him in to be the best player in Clipper history because he is when he's on the court. There's nobody that is that good at basketball we've ever had. It's just, you know, when it comes to goats for a franchise, it comes to what you've accomplished for that franchise. And the, the really stupid fans that are like mainly Kawhi fanboys or like, yeah, mainly Kawhi fanboys. Are like, what did you guys, you know, you made it to the conference finals further than you've ever been with Kawhi. Look, man, Kawhi, we wouldn't have beaten Dallas without him, but we didn't actually get over the finish line against Utah with Kawhi, but just you got to look at the bot, total body of work that Blake Griffin and CP did. It's not about that we didn't make it out of the second round because by that definition, then you can argue Elton Brand is a better clipper than Chris Paul or Blake Griffin. That's not true. And I love Elton Brand still. I'm not one of those fans that hates him for leaving and you know saying that, oh, if Baron Davis comes back. I was devastated as a kid. No lie, but I'm, you know, I've gotten over it. Elton Brand, that 06 team is very special to me. Lob City is still the best era of Clipper basketball because they made a consistent winning product and they filled seats every night. Another non-sellout for the Clippers. Fans, please, I'm hypocritical because I wasn't there because I had a conflict. Get to the games. We're playing. We have a super team. We're playing at a high level. Get to the games. Oh, Mr. Leonard, let's just read the stat line, man. He was so good. So damn good. Oh, my God. 31 points, four rebounds. Three assists, one steal, one block, only one turnover, plus 21, 11 for 14. A lot of these were jump shots, guys. Two for three from deep, seven for seven from the line in just 31 minutes of play on the second night of a back-to-back. That Paul Rouge and Kawhi Leonard, like, it's not just actually them. Around the league, we make so many excuses for these players now. Like they can't play back-to-backs. Like they're physically incapable of doing it. And we're in the most, you know, we're in the most advanced era of technology and all this stuff. Like I get it. The league has gone fast-paced again. But we purposely league-wide trimmed down the amount of practices full speed. 
we have the best care or the like so many, you know, so much medical personnel and the training staff now to help these guys be performing at a high level athletically. 82 games, now it's too much all of a sudden. They don't play as many minutes as the past. We make excuses. We side on the precautionary side so much, but we forget that if it really is hurting the team in the long-term goal, sometimes you just got to risk a little bit for the biscuit. And that biscuit being that Larry O biscuit. <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard, he seems all business right now. And I'm telling you right now, if you're a fan of another team watching this, be ready. Because he's coming to a theater near you or an arena near you. Coming up, let's talk about the rest of the team. The point guard play, a little bit of PG's injury, and the defense. I'm going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about game time. Game time is the best place to get the best deals on last-minute tickets. You don't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event when you've got game time. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even after, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked on NBA, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, two N's, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. So I guess just to recap on the Paul George injury, there hasn't been any news that I've gotten on Wednesday morning, but the fact that it was precautionary and it was just listed as groin soreness, and makes me feel optimistic that he won't be out too long. He might miss the, the game against the Warriors, who are in absolute shambles right now. So I, I think we're going to win the game. I'll, I'll be there on Thursday. Remember what I said on, on the Monday show? This week is pivotal for the Clippers. Four-game homestand, some really solid teams coming to town. But if we win these four games, or at least three of them, all we need is one more for that. Take a look at the standings after the week and see where we're at. Right now we're at seven. We were just 11 about a week ago. And it's so bunched up with the parity in the West that a couple of games, like a four-game winning streak, could jump you up five slots. So hopefully PG's fine. I'm going to still keep knocking just because Kawhi's still healthy, and I want to keep that going as well. And I'm not going to, for Paul George not being you know, out too long, if we, if we can get 70-plus games out of Paul George and Kawhi, it didn't matter if you put, I don't know who else you could put on the team. If that would be the case, we were going to be a good team regardless. I promise you. Now, defensively, I thought we were lights out. Everybody is playing hard defense. Everybody is communicating. Every, we, have, we, can, we have a switch one through four kind of scheme, like most teams in the league do. But what I've been most impressed by, besides, of course, if it's the Zubats lately, is our ability to run teams off the three-point line and scramble and rotate perfectly onto our new guys, onto the new man. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to leave your man sometimes when you're playing help defense, and you just got to rotate. You know, one pass, you know, keep rotating, make the defense go to option C, D, E in the possession. And the Clippers have been doing such a great job of that, and Terrence Mann's a really big part of it as well. 
And let's talk about another guy who brought a lot of energy. Actually, before I do that, let me read Terrence Mann's stat line. 10 points. So great to have him in double figures. 10 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He had just one turnover. He shot 50%, three for six from the field. He shot 100% from the line. And by the way, two straight games where the Clippers have shot really well from the line. 20 for 21 in this game. Sacramento was 17 for 24. So awesome because in the beginning of the season, that was a real weakness for the Clippers was free throw shooting. And the last two games, we've been a lot better. But here's my favorite stat for Terrence Mann. Two for three from deep. Yes, it's starting to come back. I can feel it. I think it's going to slowly start evening out. And right now, he's shooting 23.4% from three. He was 16% just about a week ago. So it's starting to move up. Feel it coming. He shot 40% against Utah. Of course, 25%, only one for four against Portland. But I can feel it coming. James Harden. I think his stat line honestly does not do him justice. He was fantastic to me. Even though he was 0 for 4 from 3, he was 4 for 5 from 2, 7 for 7 from the line, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, just 2 turnovers. And even though the Clippers turned the ball over 15 times, actually 17 times, a couple of those were in garbage time though, but it didn't feel like that. We do want to keep that number down though. But James Harden, some of his pocket passes are just so on the money. He puts just the right amount of power on when he throws it to the floor that it bounces right up and leads Zubats perfectly. And that's a skill that he has. And of course, unlike Westbrook, what makes it so much easier for us to create good shots and pick and roll is because they go over the screens with Harden. They'll go under the screens with Russ. But that brings me to Russ. So by the way, Harden, 15, 6, and 7. Russ, though, in 28 minutes. He was electric. I mean, he came in off the bench, was taking guys right to the basket, two feet in the paint, kicking it out all over the place on defense and on the glass. Some of his offensive rebounds were just like, how does this guy move like this at this age? It's nuts. And the fans, I want to give a huge shout out to Clipper fans, man. The way we treat Westbrook through the good and the bad, it's clearly part of it is because the Lakers treated him so badly. Laker fans. but. I can't say enough about my fan base right now. We show Brody love. The other night we chanted his name when he came into the game and he pointed right at us. That's why I love about Westbrook. First quarter in this game, motioning to the crowd. Come on, bring some noise. At the end of the game, the section above the Clipper, not the Clipper tunnel. Actually, it was, no, it was opposite the Clipper tunnel, was chanting his name and he was dancing to it. So I just want to give Russell Westbrook a huge shout out right now for being so professional in this situation. He could easily say, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I'd rather go to another team and just play more regardless, but he wants to win a championship. And you can see his body language to me always tells the story. And he was having so much fun on Tuesday night. And I think that's because he's playing with his friends. Like, yeah, his role's not ideal. You can, you can definitely argue he deserves a bigger role. To me, he does. But, and by the way, I have to mention that Russ and Harden shared the court a little bit, and it was actually, it was actually okay. Does that mean I want to see that going forward? Not necessarily, but it looked good. And, and Russ was just, I loved watching him play in this one. 
and his his morale, the spirit with him on the court, and even just on the sidelines, dancing like that. I love guys that engage with the crowd. Makes you feel important. And I think that the Clipper fans and the Clipper media have done a great job of making Russ feel loved because he is. And, you know, I've been arguing with a lot of Russ fans on Twitter about they're saying no one's going to give him credit if he wins a ring as a ninth man. You guys are so selfish and un- and ridiculous. Do you underst- I don't think you understand how hard it is to win a championship because you don't prioritize that. You're too worried about his individual stats. It is so hard to win a championship in the NBA, in professional sports in general, but it's very hard to win a championship in the NBA. You need- I've learned this. My uncle told me this. He's a Laker fan, but he ca- became a Laker fan in the early 90s. So he saw the championship drought before in 2000, they lifted the trophy. And he said, when I watched this beat Portland and beat Indiana to win the championship, I noticed how hard it was to win a championship, how everything kind of had to go your way. And as my 19 seasons as a Clipper fan are are happening, or as 18 have gone by and 19 I'm on right now, I've only felt that statement more and more as I've gotten older. It's so hard to win a championship. And Russell Westbrook knows that. So, Taking the sacrifice that he has instead of saying, no, man, Ty, we're going to start. I'm going to figure it out or else I'm not going to be on this team and I'm not, I'm going to, you know, complain and moan and I'm not going to be happy and satisfied. He could have done that. He could have done that. And for those that are saying he'd be out of the league, I disagree. He's been too good as a clipper on the court for me to say he would be out of the league completely. But that's a sacrifice. And if you listen to anyone that's won championships, multiple. Kobe, Bill Russell, Isaiah Thomas. They all talk, Will Chamberlain even before he passed. They all talked about that sacrifice you needed to make. And there's nobody on this team that's made a bigger sacrifice than Russ. His stat line in this game. And he's going to, and if he wins, he's not a ninth man, by the way. He's seventh at worst just because Norman Powell, they like to fit with him. I also thought Norman Powell really saw it in this game. 15 points for Norm on five for 11 shooting and two for four from three. Three for three from the line in 27 minutes. He's just so solid in his role. A plus 26. And then Westbrook, eight points, seven rebounds, two of those offensive, three assists. He did have four turnovers. Some of them, it's not good passes, but he shot 50%, four for eight, 0 for one from three. And he finally got 20 minutes. He had like four straight games without 20 minutes. Five wins in a row, ladies and gentlemen. Five wins in a row. You got to love it. Zubats, six points, nine rebounds. Paul George, I actually thought he had a good first half before he went out. He wasn't too aggressive shooting the ball, but nothing bad, taking what the defense was giving him. nine, And his defense was fantastic. Nine points, six rebounds, one assist, two steals for P on three for seven shooting and two for five from three. Just 16 minutes played for him. Then the last one, Kobe Brown. I actually thought he was really solid. You know, some people were saying that his defense is – like his defense is not going to be as good as a lot of guys in the rotation because he's a rookie. But I saw him have some perfect rotations in pick-and-roll defense, helping the helper. So he's starting to get sharper there. And I like that he shoots the, sh- the ball without hesitation. He, was, uh, he had seven points in this game and six rebounds on three-for-five shooting in 24 minutes. I really liked what I saw. And he's getting better as each game goes on, in my opinion. So even though his three-ball hasn't necessarily been very good this season, I like the other things he's bringing to the table. Rebounding, defense, expect, you know, one-on-one defense, he hasn't been too great. He has a tendency so far of fouling jump shooters. But in help and rotations, 
he's in the right place, right time. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard, as of now, is officially our leading scorer, 23.3 points a game. Paul George at 22.6. But that's it for me in this one. What a win. Five in a row. Let's make it six on Thursday against the Warriors. Let me know what you think. Where do the Clippers rank right now in the league as far as contention? Kawhi Leonard. Mr. Lennett. He's back. Hope, hope you're okay, Paul George. James Harden's playing at a high level. Russell Westbrook and James Harden playing at a high level at the same time. It's a good time to be a Clipper fan. Super Team City. You know, I hate super teams. It's one of my least favorite things. <laughs> but it's my team, right? That I've supported when we had, when I thought Al Thornton was going to be the next face of the franchise. So I, I'm, I'm happy when we're winning games. There's no doubt about it. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers, baby.